Hello and welcome to the locker room this week on Indie Live Radio and I don't know what we could be talking about Matthew, there's not been a lot happening uh, apart from Scotland. Um, Matthew? Uh, well, I've re- I wrote the script for this show last night, so I'll start. Uh, Scotland were awful last night. They failed to qualify again. <laughs> Clark must go, oh wait, something different happened. And then you woke up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> failure. Wait, 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 wait. I'll have to delete all of this now. It's not, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. Yeah, but um, what, what a night. What a night. Um, but it's a pity that everybody was in the house for... And they couldn't get out to celebrate, but what a um, what a game! And Scott Scotland done the hard way again, Matthew. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I celebrated in the house, and uh, my voice is a bit uh, sore this when I'm when we're obviously uh, doing the show. So I was like, you know, goodness, how's my voice going to hold up through this? Um, it was just it was just one of those nights that dreams are made of. To be honest, it's. It's been a funny year because you've hit the lows of COVID and obviously we can't get in and we can't see people that we love or hate or whatever. Mm. Um, but like, I think last night I can safely say feels like it made up for it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of just made my year. Um, and, if, and if anybody wants evidence of Matthew last night, I have got it on my phone. <laughs> or maybe not. Okay, no, no, don't stop emailing then. No, I was only going to up about that. No. It's a family show. Come on now, come on, behave. Uh, I mean, do you know, like, we were talking about Scotland months ago on this thing, on this show, and I was, I think we were saying that Scotland have had, got the best squad that we've had for a long time, and we were all quite confident about Scotland going into the game against Israel. And then we watched the Israel game and we thought, maybe our confidence was a bit misplaced because this is dire. Um, and as, as, as the games have went on, the performances have gradually got better. The results have been good. And I think last night was a sort of it all coming together. Um, because like, I, even though I was quite confident about Scotland, as the game got closer yesterday, I was thinking, oh, I, I don't think we're going to do this. I was getting all nervous, you know, that way. Uh, we're going to fail, we're going to fail, we're going to fail. And think then, po- think uh, positive, Matthew. Think positive. <laughs> Well, like I said at the start of the show, I kind of expected glorious failure, you know, like, oh, we were close, but we blew it. Um, but as the game started, I thought, you know, Scotland were the better team, to be honest. I think for the for probably, what, 80 minutes of that game, 75, 80 minutes of that game, I actually thought Scotland were in no danger whatsoever, you know. We, we obviously scored the goal from, a, well, it was a great goal from from tearful Christie um, after the game. And again, I didn't like Scotland in trouble. The only thing that sort of changed the 90 minutes as such before we get on to the extra time kind of stuff was I thought the substitutions changed the game. I thought, yeah, I mean, I think Scotland were in complete control of that until we took off people like Dykes. um, And then obviously when we made the changes, I thought Serbia got slowly back into the game. And it was just a typically... Scottish um, situation where near enough for the last sort of kick of the or header of the ball, we we've defended brilliantly all night. They they get a corner, they push, they, they cross the ball in, and for the only time in the whole of that whole match, player loses his marker, free header, one one, and mm. you're thinking, 
I don't believe this. I really yeah, was don't it, believe it, this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was a cheap goal to give away, but I mean, it was a good goal because <laughs> uh, he had to get down the way. You know, usually nine times out of ten, ten they head it right into the keeper's arms, but he had to get away from the keeper, so it, it was yeah, right. it, it was good, you know. Well, it was not, a good header, yeah. but um, it was just disappointing because, mm. yeah, it just shows you at this level, you know, you, you switch off for, for a split second, you've lost your marker, you know, pre-header, I mean, goal. I mean, as I said to, as I said last night as well, that if they scored within, you know, 50 minutes of this uh, of the game or 60 minutes, you would be saying, well, okay, we've still got time for a winning goal. But for them to score in 90 minutes, it was like, oh, oh no, it's going to be a bit hard. I think I went behind the couch by that point. <laughs> I think I was on the floor by that point. I just couldn't yeah. believe it. You know? yeah. It was just... Honestly, I mean, I thought we were already there, to be honest. I was already celebrating. The beers were opening. Uh, you know, everyone was going. And then, like, I just, the ball came in. It was like slow motion. And you just saw the players just becoming free. And you thought, no, 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 no. And he stuck his head on it and it bounced down. And then it felt like, it felt like an eternity. I mean, at the back of the net, I just thought, that's it. You know, we're blowing it. We've, we were there and we've just thrown it away. Um but I think, you know, there was learning in that 90 minutes. I think Clark might not be so fast to make those sorts of substitutions again because, like I said, up to the subs coming on, I thought Scotland were unbelievably good. And, um, and can, can I just say that if anybody's listening to the show under 18, we don't um, we don't champion Grinton on the show. Um, you know, Grint responsibly. Like last night. <laughs> and don't, don't, listen to, don't listen to Matthew. <laughs> oh, so carry I mean, on. <laughs> but I mean, this, I mean, this could be some the start of something special. I think for Scotland, the, the squad, um, they finally have mentality. I think to match their talent because you know I think the Israel game, you know, when when we went through penalties, I think it shows you the mentality of the side slowly getting quite solid. Mm. Um, and even though you know it was a devastating blow, I think to concede that goal. Um, and I think if this was Scotland maybe a few years ago, I think it would have broken us. Mm. Um, but yet, you know, Clark's changed this team completely. You know, the players dug in. Uh, they refused to be beaten, even though Serbia were the better team, I thought, in, in the extra time part of it. Yeah. Um, they showed, I mean, they showed that their nerves brilliantly, not ah. only in the extra time, but the penalties too. I mean, the penalties were unbelievably um, class, I thought. I thought it was very calm, composed. I guess, um, I guess it was all it's good time <clears throat> final uh, the final puzzle couldn't come quick enough for us because um we were out on our feet. Yeah, I mean and I, I don't mean, said and I, I don't mean Matthew. <laughs> yeah. I mean I think it was tens in extra time, but I, I mean Serbia kinda of showed an extra time what I thought they would have shown in the the actual 90 minutes because I mean we all were expecting Serbia to come out the blocks and get the ball in the box and get headers on target and stuff like that because they obviously had a big advantage up front um, in regards to their height and stature but they, it just never really came like, apart from extra time for the 90 minutes I never thought we were in any danger and um, the extra time obviously was a bit tense but I thought the penalty shootout was unbelievable because at no point in that penalty shootout did I think Scotland were going to miss because they were just walking up calm as you like, slotting the ball away. And even 
I think the closest the keeper got was the first one I run played with Griffiths, but mm-hmm. even that one had too much power for the keeper to do anything about. But, but, and now, but you must get mad, Matthew, when, when, the, when we won the penalty, David Marshall's face was a picture because he didn't realise that that was the end of the game and we won. Well, do you know, it was only this morning that I realised with that last penalty when David Marshall saved it from, uh, was it Mitrovic? They, trying to think back of what happened last night is quite a struggle because <laughs> it was just such a big, big thing to have happened that um, it's still unbelievable. I can't really put into words how you feel. Um, but I think it was Mitrovic he saved, I think, for, uh, to make it 5-4. I had already started to celebrate. I didn't realise it kind of went to the <laughs> AR. Um, to see if Marshall had come off his line. Mm-hmm. I also didn't realise that there was a bit of a delay about it too, so that everybody was waiting to see what the referee was going to do. But by that time, you know, I was out in the car park. I didn't really see anything that was going on. Um, but it just shows you, I think, I think you know, the main thing about that was I think Scotland showed their mettle. Um, and it's 23 years since we were at a major tournament. I think well, it will be 24 when we actually get to this tournament. I'm trying to use my yeah, found, right. foundation maths levels <clears throat> fingers here to count. And um, I, I don't know about <clears throat> I don't know about you, Matthew, right? But for years and years, I would watch Scotland, but it was like a chore to watch Scotland. Over the past few months, when Scary Clark comes in, you you've actually got a a positive feel now about Scotland. Yeah, I think we finally do. I mean, St- uh, Steve, Stevie Clark's kind of changed the mentality. I'll, I mean, if you think of the team that he had out last night, the first 11 that he put out, I think that's probably the best Scotland performance I've seen for a, a long, long time. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe since Spain at uh, Hamden. I'm trying, I mean, I'm trying to think back of a better performance. Especially second calf. Well, oh, we were brilliant. Up until, you know, the goal went in, we were, we were the better team and then I can't remember. We had quite a few chances after Kraski scored. I think it was one of the um, was it um, oh um, snog. Um, I was going to say snog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, uh, anyway, no, I can't remember. My mind's went blank. Sorry, Mav. You've got to help me now. I'm getting old. Oh. <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, I think I think that's what last night's done to us. I mean, we were talking just before we came on air, and we were saying, "How do we put this into words?" And it's very difficult because we're all tied up in it. You know, like it's easy for us to talk about sport when we're not so emotionally involved in it. Um, but last night, I think the whole nation was emotionally involved in this, and therefore, it's. I find it quite difficult to look back now on the 90 minutes and extra time because of what happened in the penalty shootout. See, that's um, a that's a thing, right? And that's a good point, right? So when we're watching football, especially international football, and it's if it's um, you know, Spain or Spain is playing France or, or whatever, we wouldn't get excited. We, well, we would about if it was a good game, but because you're not involved in it, you know, like your country's not involved in it. And as soon as your your country is involved in it, it's really a different story because, you know, you, you feel as though you're part of the game. Well, you are because you're a fan and, uh, as well, you know. Oh, definitely. And I think, um, you know, when you think the first half, we had some chances as well. You know, like McGinn had the chance in the first half that, you know, went straight to the keeper and, there was a, there was, Scotland, I think, had a few chances really to finish the game off. It was, 
it was just a bit frustrating because we were so on top. I mean, it, it wasn't like Scotland were... We, I mean, Serbia were favourites, I think, to go through, but Scotland actually looked like they were the favourites. Um, and it, it's quite funny because Stevie Clark's kind of changed the mentality of it. I mean, if you look at that first 11, I mean, I think this is what I was going to say a second ago. If if you look at that first 11, you know, there's Motherwell players in it, etc. Would Would McLeish have chosen Tomorrow, players from Motherwell? Yeah. Tomorrow players as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, who would have had the bottle to choose those sorts of players? But they did not look out of place last night at all. No, no. Um, yeah. I mean, how much did Ollie McBurnley cost? And I, I mean, and this is another point. You know, how much did Ollie McBurnley cost in English football? Like, a ridiculous amount he's worth. And you think London Dykes has just moved to QPR for Livingston for a nominal sum. I thought London Dykes was our best player last night. He nearly yeah. covered every blade of grass. He held up the ball well. He created chances for others. He created chances for himself. He was just unbelievable. And then, no offence to McBurney. I mean, he did what he had to do. But when Dykes came off, it was visible how much Scotland relied on him through that 90 minutes because McBurney just wasn't up to it by the time Dykes came off. And you could see that. And like I said, it's not a criticism of McBurney. He is what he is. But it just showed you the quality of Lyndon Dykes. I thought he was just unbelievable. And then, um, and then the, the, going back to the penalty shootout for a minute, I mean, the, the quality of the penalty for Scotland, um, I mean, they never, Scotland, we never actually missed one. We actually scored them all. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, Lee Griffiths' first touch of the, I mean, the ball when he came on was a penalty, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the nerves it must have taken for somebody who's clearly overweight, according to some. Um, <laughs> the, 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 Nicole getting Matthew. <laughs> uh, the the ability of his pe- his like mental strength really considering obviously his mental health problems but, but you know the keeper, his... the, the keeper there they got a hand to that penalty as well well yeah he got a hand to it I think it was the power you know it just shows mm. you how strong Griffiths hits it because I think Serbia had a similar penalty where um, Marshall got his hand to it but it was just too strong and I think Griffiths was the same his penalty was quite good but the keeper did get his hand to it, but his wrist just wasn't strong enough to keep out the shot. You know, McGregor scored a decent penalty. I'm trying to think now, was it McTominay was next? His penalty yeah. was good. Then McBurney came up, he scored his, and then I think McLean scored uh, Scotland's last penalty um, before Marshall, you know, saved, uh, was it his left? He dived and pammed away Mitrovic's yeah. penalty. And then after that, you know, my brain's blank until I woke up this morning. Um, it was just, it was just absolutely pandemonium. It felt like, you know, Christie was crying, the the players were going mad, the whole of Scotland was going crazy, and me in Ireland, you know, I was out in the car park shooting Scotland. I think the whole of Bundoran was wondering what mm-hmm. was going on. Um, yeah. it, it's just an amazing thing that Scotland have done, and it's been too long. You know, I, I think, you know, the last time we were at a major tournament was obviously. Paris 98, uh, where we opened that tournament against Brazil. And the last time we were in a Euro Championship was, ironically enough, in England. And we played England at Wembley. Um, and we're going to, obviously, the next Euro Championships we're at, we're going to play England at Wembley as well. So it's just, you know, I can't go over it. Words can't really describe how I feel at the moment. Just absolute joy. It's amazing, and yeah. Oh, yeah. And you think of the stats now, you know, Scotland are unbeaten in nine games now. When can you say that? We're going for ten in a row. Um, <laughs> Scotland, are, <laughs> I mean, we're unbeaten in nine games. We've won six of them, drew three. And 
the last time they enjoyed a longer run without a defeat, would you believe, was about the time that, uh, well, you might have just been born, Michael, February 1930, Scotland went 11 games undefeated and were just about to get the 10, hopefully, um, so, so on Sunday. So I, I, I was just born and Matthew was a jammy in the school at that time. <laughs> <clears throat> I think, I think my great great grandfather might have been a journey round about then in a school in Bells Hill. Um, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's devastating as well for Serbia. Though let's not forget about them. You know, they that's them failed now to qualify the Euros. Yeah, I forgot about team. them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they that's them. They've never reached the Euros <laughs> since they became independent in two thousand and six. So they've tried uh, four times, <clears> and that's four failures. Um, and I saw a thing this morning. You know that scene from train spotting where they say it's s-h-i-t-e to be scottish uh well i saw it this morning and it said it's s-h-i-t-e to be serbian <laughs> and i thought that sums it up nicely so uh it was just unbelievable it was just, yeah. what can you say and then we've <clears throat> and then we've got another big game on sunday um in the nation's league mafia against uh, Slovakia. Yeah, I mean, I think that. I mean, it's going to be hard to get ourselves up for this game. I think we'll, we'll all still be in party mode um, after that game. There'll be a few changes. I think sadly Dykes is suspended possibly for that game. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think I think Scotland will make the changes, but obviously this this tournament has a big knock-on effect to World Cup qualification and uh, you know seedings and stuff like that. So I mean, Scotland mm. can't take it lightly, but we'll be going into it. With, I mean. You can't get much higher confidence and form to be going into a game than what we've just experienced. So I think Scotland should be quite confident going into that game. And, you know, we can give it a push, finish the Nations League top of the group. You know, if we win the Nations League, we can get into uh, the top tier of the Nations League. So you'll be playing your Germanys, your Spains, your Englands and stuff like that. So that's a step up. And obviously, if we can get higher seeds for World Cup qualifying, then we've got a better chance of obviously qualifying for the World Cup too. So things are actually really looking up for Scotland on so many levels, you know. It's uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of where I thought we should be when you're looking at that squad. But like you said, you know, true Scottish spirit kicks in near, as we near our kick-off and we're like, oh God, we're going to throw this away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we should have, we should have, we'll have more confidence in them next time, I think. And then on Wednesday, we play Israel for the... Um, 47th time this year Yeah I mean what can you say about Israel They know each other so well It's bound to be a 0-0 draw surely yeah. um, I mean everybody must be bored of playing Against each other by now um, I think, I mean like I said I think Scotland have to beat I mean it wouldn't surprise me if Scotland won the next two games To be honest Because yeah. um, oh. we are better than them um, So the fact that it got to penalties That last time I think just I think it was more down to maybe the nerves and the tension about Scotland qualifying, because it was such a um, heavy burden to bear, the fact that Scotland hadn't qualified for a major tournament for 23 years. But now that monkey's off our backs, we can go out and just play football now and be confident in doing it, because maybe, it shows you what we can do. Maybe we should go, maybe all the games should be penalty kicks, Matthew, because, uh, well, sorry, taking a penalty kicks, because we are, we are the penalty experts now. And now oh, that now that I say that, we'll have a penalty on Sunday and we'll, <laughs> you'll be on the phone to say, what, what were you saying on Friday night, Michael? We, we just missed two penalties in that game. What, what are you talking about? Sorry, Matthew. 
Um, oh, but it's yeah, always, so yeah. It, it's always what, well, in Scotland, it's Sod's Law over here, it's Murphy's Law, it's, all, it's always <laughs> the way, but uh, and Scotland seemed to suffer from this law more than anyone else. Um, but, you know, I think I think we're, we're going into this quite good. It's the most confident I've been for a while, but like I said, when you look back on our shows and you think when we were looking at this squad that Clark was assembling, it had the makings of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you took the emotion out, it, you're not, I'm not surprised that Scotland have qualified. It's just, you know, like I said, you get closer, the nerves start, the fact that we've not qualified for so long starts. The players obviously are feeling that too. And you just think, maybe we're not going to do this. And then when that 90th minute equaliser went in, you just thought, Oh, we're good. This is us again. We're going to blow this. We're going. We're going to chuck it away in true Scottish fashion. Um, and then obviously they get their st- they get together. They're me- they've mentally got through extra time uh, when Serbia were coming back into it, and the penalties were just superb. So I can't say enough about um, about every player on that park. I mean, I've went through them. Would you believe I've went through every player that played last night and gave them a rundown? So I don't know if you want me to do that. <laughs> Here we go, yes. Uh, uh, I, I see really uh, put on the top of the pot theme tune and at 10. <laughs> and at 11. <laughs> well, you, I mean, I'll name the players and you can jump in as well. Like. <laughs> you jump into it. I mean, we can start with probably the hero of the night, obviously, David Marshall. I mean, if you think about Marshall, he's had such a hard goalkeeping career. I mean, he's always he's always been a sort of steady goalkeeper without being the spectacular one, or he's always been maybe a substitute keeper sort of level rather than the number one. Um, and then he's obviously moved to England and done well. But in Scotland, when you think, you know, David Marshall's in there, but you think, God, McGregor's on the bench. You had, uh, what, um, what you call him, um, a Hearts goalkeeper. Craig Gordon. Craig Gordon as well. You had Gordon on the best, so yeah, you can have McGregor's in there with a chance. Uh, Gordon's in there with a chance. Uh, McLaughlin at Rangers. So Rangers had two good goalkeepers that could play for Scotland as well. Mm. But you think David Marshall's managed to get in there, keep his place. Um, I mean, last night, he didn't do anything wrong. He, I mean, he didn't have a save to make for eight to nine minutes, did he? I mean, I, I'm just trying to think. I'd actually forgotten David Marshall was on the pitch uh, for eight to nine minutes of that game until... You know, a header that he had no chance with. Um, there was no way he was going to do that. I think he made a superb stop in the first half of extra time. Um, he kept Scotland in it at some, at some points in that extra time. And then in the shootout, he's become a Tartan Army legend, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think David Marshall is my... He is my... Well, I think he played the second best that I've got mm. because of the penalty shootout. Apart from Dykes, I thought Marshall was probably our, our hero last night. And... Uh, yeah, he's made himself a legend. 10 yeah, out of 10 th- for Marshall. Th- yeah, I think he's got to be up there. I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard for him because it's almost like Celtic and Rangers, isn't it? Um, you know, you don't have a save to make for eight to nine minutes. You're a bit ring rusty because of that. Um, and obviously, uh, he's managed to... He never made the save on the 18th minute, unfortunately, but he's then managed to make a few saves in extra time and then saves penalties, so it was quite difficult for him. Um, but he did it. Uh, and then obviously Scott McTominay, I thought he had a strong night. I think he, he's been he, he's been playing that role for a while now. Uh, he built out play from the back. Um, I think the only thing that I would say about McTominay was obviously I think he, when the goal went in, I think it was his error that caused that. I thought that uh, I thought that he 
maybe fell asleep for a split second and lost his marker for that header. Um, but apart from that, I don't want to hammer him too much, but I thought that apart from that sort of slip-up, McTominay had a pretty solid night, I thought, and the penalty the penalty kick was uh, quite good for a centre-back, would you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think um, I think that was a decent sort of um, performance from McTominay. Like I said, though, it shows you at that level, you switch off for a second, don't you? And the ball's in the back of the net. Yeah, you, you, can't, you, you can't afford to switch off, you know. Yeah, and then Declan Gallagher was a similar one. Uh, he was up against Mitrovic, I think, all night. Um, and I thought, to be honest, when I saw that matchup, I thought uh, we're gonna we're gonna struggle here. But I think that was more my sort of Scottishism, would you say? Uh, I thought, oh, Gallagher's gonna get hammered with Mitrovic, but I thought Gallagher won that battle. I thought Mitrovic didn't show anything um, in the air or on the deck. I thought Gallagher handled Mitrovic fine. Um, I thought I saw a saw nine out of ten performance from Gallagher. You know, if it like I said, up against one of the top strikers in Europe, I thought he was brilliant. Uh, and uh, Kieran Tierney was probably the next guy. Uh, he was, I thought he was calm, perform a calm sort of disciplined performance. Um, I thought that I thought that he did everything he had to do, and he mm. was pretty top. I mean, he he didn't really he, he wasn't like. It was standing to the sense that you noticed him. He didn't need to do that. He no. just done his job fine. Uh, and I thought that he worked quite well on the left side of that centre-back uh, role with uh, Andy Robertson. So I think that sort of left centre-back, left wing-back sort of role for Tierney and Robertson is actually working quite well. Um, so I think we should stick with that. Uh, obviously, Stephen O'Donnell was there too. Um, he, I think... Is another one really. I think he and the sort of back line uh, was looking quite good. Uh, again, what we were talking about before. I don't know if Stephen O'Donnell would have been in that team if it was any other Scotland manager, but he's been mm-hmm. given the chance. And I mean, like Gallagher, he doesn't look out of place, does he? No, he, he really doesn't look out of place. And it just shows you that you know, outside of the old farm, there are some decent blooming footballers out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he he did quite well up and down that the right flank. I thought he linked quite well with Christy and Dykes all night, and he's another one that I think he's a mainstay in that team now. I thought he was he was he did everything he had to do, and like I said, while this first eleven was on the pitch, you have to bear in mind that Scotland were far superior to Serbia, far superior. Uh, like I said, the substitutes sadly changed it for Scotland. And yeah, we maybe were, that we were miles ahead, Matthew, before he made the subs, I thought. Yeah, I think that's maybe something that he'll have to look at uh, coming on. But um yeah, I thought this first eleven were unbelievable. Ryan Jack, another one, he mm. was just cool in midfield. He didn't look out of place up against Serbia at all. He's a workman. He did quite well with McGregor. He wasn't flashy, but he was he was effective. He was brave. He broke up anything Serbia uh, brought and he bossed it completely. And I thought, again, 8 out of 10 performance for him in midfield. Mm. Um, Callum McGregor was the same. He was like yeah, a Duracell bunny. Yeah, he, he was back his best. Last night, Matthew. Oh, did you see? There was, a, there was a point in that game where the ball went down the left-hand side and the wing-back Robertson had just pushed up a bit and McGregor read the play brilliantly and got in there and tidied up for him. Now, I have to ask myself, why is he not doing that for Celtic? Because he obviously showed for Scotland he can do that role perfectly. Um, but 
you know, I think he, I think in the deeper role we showed he can do it because I think some Celtic fans like him to play a bit further up the park. But he played in the deeper role last night, and I thought again he was unbelievable. Um, and he watched his runs too; like he never got too far up the park, and he let John McGinn do that role. So I think McGregor mm. fitted in there perfect, perfectly with Jack. Um, but John McGinn obviously covered every blade of grass as well. Um, I thought he was in midfield; he was the main man to support Dykes. He was just unbelievable. Uh, he was—I think he was knackered when he was taken off. Um, but he, you know, I, I think if it wasn't—if he wasn't shattered and he felt he could go on, there was no need to take him off because in midfield he just him really with McGregor and uh, Jack behind him just ran the show in midfield for Scotland. I thought they were unbelievable, and then obviously Andy Robertson. Uh, I thought it was a mature performance from him. Uh, mm. The you. You know the left the left flank was his for most of that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he just needed more of the ball. To be honest, that was the one thing he never got the ball enough. And I think he missed a chance in the second half, didn't he? There was there was a chance that he probably should have scored, and he hit it over the bar. Do you remember that I one? I think that was the member. I, I remember. Um, I was trying to remember the name. I think it was uh, Lyndon Dykes set Andy Robertson up and. Um, he, he basically sky got over the bar. Yeah, do you remember when I forgot? That's a funny thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a new that's a new show now. <laughs> that'd be a good game show, huh? Maybe we should yeah. branch out the game show. Um but yeah, that's probably the chance that you're talking about then. Uh, and I thought I thought that should have been the goal actually now that I, now that we've come to the conclusion of what you were talking about. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with you, that should have been a goal. I thought I thought when the ball was came to him, I thought that was it. It was going to nestle, nestle in the back of the net. I was surprised when it went over the bar. Uh, but yeah, he should be given the ball more, I thought. And Christie is another one. That moment when he scored is a moment that will be ingrained in my mind forever. And considering the party afterwards, I'm surprised it is ingrained in my mind. Um, but it, it, is, it, was just, it was just a piece of magic. I think, you know, there was four defenders around him, really, and he still managed to spin, get some space and hit the ball right into the corner. Um, it, it was just it was just an un- unbelievable piece of magic from Ryan Christie. And, you know, when you think about the subs that were made, we could have done with him an extra time, couldn't we? Yeah, exactly. And another guy we could have done full for the whole extra time was London Dykes. He was my man of the match. Uh, I thought he was absolutely sensational. Um I think he bullied the Serb Serbian backline. He won everything in the air. He held up the ball. He ran himself into the ground. He did everything that a Scotland centre forward should have done. And I'm actually really excited about London Dykes. Um, like it's all, it was almost like having a fit again. You know, Duncan Ferguson giving 110. percent That's why Dykes sort of reminded me of. And when he went off, it was just. You can't put into words the loss for Scotland because, I mean, like I say, I, I don't mind McBurney and I don't want to criticise him, but it, again, it just showed you the presence of London Dykes that when he went off, you did notice that Scotland lacked that presence up top. Um, and, you know, it, it, it was it was just, it was probably his best performance in a Scotland shirt, I thought. Mm, yeah, no, he did well, yeah. And he came from Robinson as well. Because a lot of people kind of like poo-poo Scottish football as well, you know. And yet, Lyndon Dykes is the way down to a club in the play, uh, championship. But don't forget, he plays for Lubinsk. He came from Lubinskin. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I mean, like you say, 
Lyndon Dykes, you know, he's went down to QPR and you think, well, and, and for not a lot of money, like it's the sort of level that, you know, you'd expect sort of, what was it, was it a mil- two million, was it London Dykes? Um, you know, he's went to QPR and you're thinking, well, that's his level, that's Scottish football level. Ollie McBurnley is the better player. He plays for, what, Sheffield United. They're in the Premiership. He's worth what? I mean, someone said something ridiculous that he was worth about 20 million or something. Um, but if he's worth 20 million and Dykes is worth 2 million, give me Dykes every day of the week. Um, because yeah. it, it just shows you Dykes, I thought, was a, a level above Ollie McBurney last night. Um, like I said, I, th- I, I don't want to criticise McBurney too much because I think he did what he had to do. Um, but th- because Dykes was so good, McBurney that was a lesser player when he came on. Um, but he was, you know, last night McBurney when he came on, he was isolated. He struggled to hold the ball up. Uh, he struggled to get Scotland up the pitch when we were counter attacking. Um, so therefore, uh, even though he did slot the penalty away, Scotland did miss that. You know, holding the ball up, getting the ball up the park, sort of thing that that Dykes provided. So I think we found our Scotland number nine, and I think McBurney's due a time on the bench. I think playing second fiddle. Um, you know, McLean came on, he added energy in the midfield as well. But it was, you know, by the time McLean came on, it was just a chasing job, I think, for him. And he ran out of steam around him, or as players were running out of steam, he had to then do the sort of digging in role. And I thought McLean was solid enough. He wasn't spectacular. I would give, was, I would give him 10 out of 10 for that mascara, but that, that was brilliant. <laughs> oh, when, well, you, I mean, you mean when, when Patterson came on? Uh, I I mean, him as well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, Patterson, I think, when he came on, I thought I was seeing something back in the early 1980s. Uh, or it was almost like, you know, that YMCA video uh, all over again when Patterson came on. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, Patterson, again, he's, I remember him as a defender, now he's a striker. It's good to have players like this in reserve if we need them. Obviously, I think Dykes is far ahead of McBurney or Patterson and the striking stakes. And I think last night showed that, that I think Burnley and Patterson are quite far off the pace, but you know he's, he did he did do what Patterson had to do, and again he was solid enough without being spectacular. So it was a decent cameo role for him in the extra time, but uh, nothing too spectacular from the subs. The only guy I think who could play for Scotland with Dykes is if Scotland do decide to play two up front, and that's Griffiths because I think genuinely he is the best finisher in Scotland um, when he's on his day. And he could, I mean, it's quite a scary thought that Scotland at home, if we played two strikers, could have Dykes and Griffiths playing with them. I mean, it's quite a decent partnership that, that we could have there. Um, it was a decent, he came on, he didn't touch the ball with about three minutes to go, did he? When he came on the bit, he didn't touch the ball once, I don't think. No. But he did what he had to do. He scored that penalty. Uh, and that was enough for uh, for me. I think he he done his role. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, definitely in the next few games, you might see Lee Griffiths. Yeah, yeah. So we'll walk, we'll um, we'll watch and see how Scotland gets on on Sunday and Wednesday night against Israel on Wednesday night. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're going to major championship next year. So we're looking forward Woo-hoo! to that. Hey, good stuff. Yeah, Matthew's on his way to Wembley already. So yeah. Um, so I packed my bags. I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why he was out in the car park celebrating last night. <laughs> Pack his bag. Um, so a bit of news now on the. Hmm. 
Oh, sorry. I was, I'm getting. I'm getting excited. I'm buttoning too much. Oh, okay. Matches. Oh, bag, uh, bag, bag boy. Yeah, bag boy. But, but that is quite funny. I, I don't know what you were going to say there, but I was. I was just thinking about because you were mentioned the England game. You think we can? It'll be strange, you know, discussing uh, the three teams that we're up against in a major tournament because it's been so long since we've been able to debate how we'll get on in a in a major tournament. It's just, it's just unreal. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, that it would be good to watch it and and on the Terry as well, you know, uh, as as well. And it gives a quick mug on Sky Sports that they um they managed to. Well, they didn't manage to. I don't know if they were forced into it on MM and I can wave it. They were actually <laughs> shown the game on Sky for free last night. So that that was that was a nice touch as well. I love that, Michael. We'll give Sky Sports some praise. It was a nice touch, but I don't know if they were forced to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hands were basically tied in the back. Yeah. They must have been listening to the show. That's what it was. Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, the only thing I would say about that is, yeah, Sky Sports did what they should have done. Uh, I don't know if they had to do it or it was their choice to do it. I don't know. That would be speculating. But they did what they rightfully should have done and what was Scotland's biggest game in 20, what, 22 years, really. Um, but the only frustrating thing about that is I wasn't in Scotland last night, but my dad was telling me, you know, the STV game was England against yep. Ireland. Yep. I mean, now, I would love to speak about that more. Obviously, we're tight for time. But yeah, I mean, I think that you're dark, right? Because obviously, it's kind of like Scottish TV and you would expect them to sort show what? Yes, Scotland games. But I'm scared of that. Um, it's England. And another... I know this is not a political show or nothing, but if we had the powers in Scotland to have we're on broadcasting rights, the England game wouldn't be on. We've got the power. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, I like, I like, I like how I was trying to be serious. Then Matthew kind of just spoiled that one. <laughs> but I've got the power. But, but you see what I mean? No. Oh. I mean the national the, the national broadcasters, uh, you know the BBC in particular. If they're supposed to be a national broadcaster, there is no excuse for the national broadcaster of Scotland not to be showing the national team in what is the biggest game in Scotland's recent history. Mm-hmm. No excuse whatsoever. What is the point of the Scottish population paying their TV license to watch? What, what was on the BBC last night instead of that? I mean, I know the STV had the England game. I mean, the S- STV have even less excuse because if they're paying the money to play to uh, watch England's Republic of Ireland, how can they not have spent that money to watch Scotland-Serbia? I have no idea. Um, but the national broadcaster, they obviously take TV licence money off the, the people of Scotland. Surely mm. the people of Scotland deserve to watch the national team play. National team, yeah. And scared of that, we get highlights of, of Scotland and that's not good enough. And I'll it's nice you, of them, isn't it? Yeah, but I'll tell you <laughs> what, the next game, the Scotland game, will be on the telly, on STV, will be next year when they play against England. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, um, but well, it'll all be forgiven if we beat them. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. 
don't know about that. Um, yeah, so, okay, there we go. Um, a bit of news now from back home, Matthew um, Dundee. Um, two players have been testing positive for Corona-19. Um, so that means they'll be out for mm, 14 days, I think it is, and, uh, and, and, and the rest. And also, um, they were actually tested positive after um, Tuesday night's League Cup game uh, in, in the Betfred Cup. Also, um, while we're talking about uh, the, the coronavirus, we may as well mention about the Scotland's women's rugby team because uh, they were meant to be playing against Italy and Wales and the Six Nations and the games are off because of yet you've guessed it um they have got um they've been a few of their players has been tested for coronavirus and also the france and ireland game um has been cancelled again because of the the coronavirus as well so so there you go that's the coronavirus update this week well there, and there's more too and um, there's more. i mean I, I mean, I think that not only that, I think Ireland and Scotland's qualifiers for next year's World Cup as well have been postponed. So it's not even just the Six Nations, it's the, you know, it's having a knock on effect to the World Cups as well and, and the women's rugby calendar. Um, but it's also now having an effect, you know, and other rugby games. I mean, uh, a COVID 19 outbreak at the Dragons means it's Saturday's Pro 14 game against uh, Connacht um, has been called off. And the game against Glasgow the following weekend has also been postponed. So the Newport Dragons, uh, they have they've obviously are now missing out on two games against Connacht and Glasgow. So that's that's a bit of a knock, I think, for the Welsh Rugby Union and the Dragons. But you know they've made the decision based on a COVID outbreak, and I think they made the right call. It's just a shame uh, that Glasgow obviously won't have a game against uh, the Dragons next week. And this week, I think Leinster, well, we have a game, but I'll mention it just because we're talking Pro 14. Uh, Leinster are playing Edinburgh this week um, in the Pro 14. So that that's at least one game going ahead. But Glasgow's obviously have, have been affected now with the, the COVID-19 as well. Yeah, so everything's happening. Um, when you get sport back, <laughs> I mean, it's been hit by the coronavirus as, as well. So So that's... That's not good. Let's speak about uh, rugby because you were talking about Scotland playing playing tomorrow. Yeah, well, I'll 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 talk. There's a few Scottish things apart from the actual main Scotland thing. There's a there's a few Scottish things. I mean, I'll start quickly. Uh, I'll go on to the rugby, but I'll start quickly about the Scotland under twenty ones that were playing last night as well. Just oh, yeah, before we move yeah. on to the rugby, uh, they'll actually qualify for a European champ, the first European Championship since nineteen ninety six. If they beat Greece on Tuesday, uh, they fought back oh, to draw with Croatia. Yeah. So it just shows you Scotland are actually doing quite well. Um, you know, I think victory last night would have sealed a top two finish for Scotland. But obviously, uh, I think you know Croatia went two 0 up um, at Tynecastle last night, and you were thinking, oh goodness, this is this is turning into a bit of a disaster. Uh, there was a couple of red cards as well. Croatia had the red card and so did Scotland. I think Billy Gilmore was our red card. But Scotland came back from, from 2-0 down to get a draw to make it 2-2, obviously. Um, and that result 
has meant that, yeah, if Scotland um, get a decent result in Greece, if they beat Greece on Tuesday, they will qualify for the European Championships under 21 level. So um, Scotland are actually having a really, really decent run of things. Yeah. Uh, in international football, so yeah, it just shows you that not only is our first team doing well, we've got decent under twenty ones coming in to replace them, uh, if and when required. But that the, the big game tomorrow in the rugby is Italy against Scotland in the Autumn Nations Cup. We're getting used to all these different tournaments now, uh, and I think my voice is finally packing in after last night. Uh, <laughs> the the game I think kicks off in. Florence, not Rome, I think it's in Florence tomorrow, uh, it kicks off at 12.45. Uh, I think, you know, the, there's obviously a few injuries. Uh, Finn Russell and Adam Hastings, We were, I think we put the, uh, the sort of negative spin on things with them or gave them a bit of bad luck because last week or the week before we were talking about Finn Russell and Adam Hastings uh, <laughs> having a battle for that position of uh, fly half. But now both of them are injured. <laughs> So, so that that choice has been made. Duncan Weir is going to come in for his first start since 2016. So he's going to replace Finn Russell and Adam Hastings. So hopefully, he, I mean, he's a decent sort of player. He plays for Worcester at the moment. I think he's a decent replacement. Obviously, he's not up to the standard of Finn Russell uh, and Adam Hastings, but definitely not Finn Russell. Finn Russell, I'd say, is world class. Uh, but Duncan Weir will be solid enough and he comes in. Uh, Stuart McNally... He replaces Fraser Brown at hooker. Uh, and I think there's another four changes possibly that Gregor Townsend's going to make. Uh, but, you know, there's a few changes coming in. And they've got a chance to start off the Rotten Nations uh, league campaign with quite a quite a positive spin because they ended the Six Nations in Wales really positively with a win. Uh, and if they can come away from Italy with a decent result, I think Scotland are showing that not only in the football are they doing well, but Scotland are starting to come up strong in the obviously in the Six Nations last year, the Autumn Nations Cup this year, and you're hoping it gives them a decent base to go on and really challenge for the Six Nations, which actually I'm quite positive they will do, especially when you think by the Six Nations you might have players like Finn Russell back and Adam Hastings, Fraser Brown might be in there as well. Um, obviously you've got... Uh, Bander Merva as well, the winger. He's starting to come into really big form as well. So Scotland are actually looking quite good in the rugby. I'm, I'm quite positive with them too. I mean, this is an amazing show. We're positive about Scotland. <laughs> what is going Ken, on? First Ken Ferguson. You know what? Where's that, where's that temperature gun? I think we're, I think we're ill. <laughs> it, might be a, it might be a full moon tonight. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, Friday the, it's Friday the 13th. I know, I know how, and I mean, if, if Scotland were playing tonight, you could maybe say, well, but because we have, because we played on the 12th, then we could get away with it. <laughs> so well, there you go. <laughs> it's like, like I said to my wife yesterday when Scotland won, and you know, Scotland are on the brink of qualifying for the under 21s, and you know, we're doing well in the rugby. I said to my wife last night, I said, we're doing so well here. Something's bound to go wrong on Friday the 13th. I'm just waiting for an asteroid hit us or something absolutely crazy to happen to throw us off our, our perch because, um, like I said, that, this is probably the first time in a long time, maybe since 1990. Um, I don't know if you remember that far back when we got to the World Cup in Italy and you know Scotland were beating England at, um, at Murrayfield and things like that. Uh, this is the first time in a generation that I've been confident about every national team 
for each of the sports. Shinty too. Shinty, we're playing we're yeah. well at Shinty as well. So. Yeah, yeah, oh well. Positive, Matthew. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so let's move on to your weekly roundup of the Matthews MFL. Uh, um, sorry that the shows all get any budget, so I've got to sing the, the jingle of the week. It's more it's more after last night, it's more because like, <laughs> I actually never I never watched the game last night because I was on such a high from Scotland that you know I had would you believe I had run rig and the proclaimers on at full blast and I was yeah, dancing and singing. You know that. Well, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah, I never had a chance to watch the American football last night. Uh although I did hear that um who was it? Who was it even playing? It just shows you, like last night, completely, completely threw me off the off the rails with everything. Um, oh, the Titans were playing. The Titans lost last night. That's what it was, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that the Titans have lost against uh, was it the Colts? Yeah, I think the, I think the Colts won. Um, and now yeah. Matthews goes kind to convince himself about the <laughs> yeah. NFL. Did that happen last night or last week? What's last um, year? <laughs> but uh, I mean I've, I've picked out the two games I'm looking forward to the most this weekend uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing the Carolina Panthers uh, the, top, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers suffered a 38-3 defeat to the New Orleans Saints on Monday that's the worst loss of, of Tom Brady's career would you believe um, I mean Tom Brady's obviously had a long and glittering career and yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It'll be sad if it ends disappointingly, and obviously, yeah, a thirty-eight-three defeat was his worst in his career, uh, and that moves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to six and three this year. Uh, the Buccaneers though can take some comfort. Uh, they're playing the Carolina Panthers, who have lost the last three straight matches. So you would like to hope that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could come in and win this game, um, but you know, the Carolina Panthers have, even though they've been losing, uh, they played the Super Bowl champions last week. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs and they only lost 33-31 one of my friends who supports Kansas City Chiefs said a win's a win and that sums up I think how Kansas City played because they weren't at their best and Carolina Panthers did uh, compete pretty well but they have lost and they have lost the last three games um, Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey did start against the Chiefs and he's in my fantasy football team, so I'm hoping that he. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, he's been. I, he's one of the best running backs in the NFL, and I chose him as my running back this year in my fantasy football. And he got injured right at the start and has been out for the whole year, but he came back against the Chiefs and racked up 151 yards from scrimmage and scored two touchdowns. So, it's, but it's likely, unfortunately, that he'll be out this week. Could you add them and leave it? Um, because he suffered another injury, so just were, as they back, as well, were they playing as well, Matthew? Yeah, they, well, Adam I think Adam. Leave. Well, I think Adam's leave fell off, so it put a bit. Uh, <laughs> it got a bit controversial. <laughs> um, but Tom Brady will obviously be hoping for a better performance this week after last week. Um, I don't think there was any touchdowns last week against the Saints, obviously. So he'll be looking to perform. The Panthers are without McCaffrey, like I said, uh, who's probably their player, their main goal guy to or go to player. So I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win this game only because they'll have too much for the, the Carolina Panthers. Um so I go for Tampa Bay there. Um and yeah, another defeat for my fantasy football team because um, mm. McCaffrey's out. So 
you'll not be surprised, but yeah, McCaffrey out is going to cost me. I, I think we should get for the do well, not a fantasy football team in American football, but I think we should do an SPL fantasy football team for the indie live. I, I think. I think yeah. we'll win. I think we'll win. Um, I, think, I think we should do that. We should do an NFL one too. I mean, I know it'll be just me packing the team, but it's worth a shot. <laughs> yeah, but if um, we win, I'll take the money. That that that'll be fine. Yeah, good good deal. Uh, good and deal. the game I'm at, the game I'm looking forward to the most this weekend is a divisional uh, matchup. It's the Seattle Seahawks against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are coming off their bye week this week, so they've had a bit of a break and are hopefully a bit re-energised while the Seahawks are playing a second straight game on the road after facing Buffalo Bills last week in a pretty cold Buffalo. So defeat against the Bills, unfortunately for the Seahawks last week, meant that the Seahawks slipped 6-2, and two, but they're still top of the division. So, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks are probably the best team in the division, but the, the NFC West probably has the best sort of team isn't it I mean not only you know the Seattle Seahawks the Los Angeles Rams but you've also got the, 40, um, the 49ers in there too so it's a really tough division but um, at 6-2 and two, the, the Seahawks are still top of the top of their group really even though they did lose last week uh, the Rams are at 5-3 and three, so if they can beat the Seahawks they'll go to 6-3 and three, and that will send the Seahawks to 6-3 and three as well so they'll be joint um, so it's a big game for the Los Angeles Rams to pull or pull Seattle Seahawks in. Uh, the Rams have won all three of their home games this year, so they, they are probably seen as favourites. Um, but they're up against Russell Wilson, who um, he's, like I said, he's probably one of the best quarterbacks they've got. Um, and I think he's on course really to go up to 4,500 passing yards this year. And 400 rushing yards, which is which. If he if he gets that this year, it'll be actually be a world record for the NFL in passing yards and rushing yards. So uh, Russell Wilson is on course for that. But the Seahawks do have concerns defensively, which is ironic because Seattle Seahawks are best known for their defense. Um, and no team really has given up more passing yards this year than the Seahawks at the at the at the defensive line. So the the Los Angeles Rams have won the last three of the last four meetings with the Seahawks, and I think they'll go on and beat them. Sadly, on I'm a bit, I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Seahawks, but I think the Rams will go on and win this game on uh, Sunday. Sadly, um, but I open up the division, Seahawks and Rams at six and three. It's going to be a good end end to the year for uh, NFC West fans. And also, just before we finish up, Matthew, this week, you've got some news on uh, Apollo 14. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it, it's been a bit of a weird week. Glad, uh, we're not doing that well in the Pro 14. Um, Edinburgh and Glasgow are losing games. Glasgow got absolutely hammered off the gate against Ulster uh, on Monday night, I think it was. Edinburgh aren't doing that much better. Now, obviously, Glasgow are... Um, going to lose a game next week against the Newport Welsh Dragons so um, I think that I think Glasgow are, are struggling really to get going after last year where they did okay last year but they've just not come out of the blocks Edinburgh the same Edinburgh got to the semi-final last year and I thought they would push on but they've not managed to do that they have been slow to get out of the blocks as well and Edinburgh this week I think it's on Monday travelled to Dublin to face probably one of the best teams in Europe in Leinster. Um, 
I think Edinburgh struggle in this game. I think Leinster will win convincingly. And yeah, I think Edinburgh, obviously without their starters um, who are playing for Scotland, I think they'll struggle because Leinster do have a better squad, even though Leinster's top players are away with Ireland. Uh, Leinster do have one of the best squads going in the Pro 14. So I think Leinster will win this game handsomely and Edinburgh will have to go back, lick their wounds and um, try and think of a way of getting their campaign going because Edinburgh, this isn't... Watching Edinburgh this year, sadly, it's not the same sort of team as last year. Um, and they're struggling to get going. So you never know. A win in Dublin might start the season, but I, I don't think so. I think Lynch will win. And um, how, how many games are left of the season? Is it maybe finished? Or? Oh, they're still a while. It's, it's not even... Well, the end of the season sort of May time. So. And uh, let's not do a fantasy football team in... Pro, Pro 14 but after I said that that did that didn't make sense because Pro 14 fantasy football anyway forget that there is, <laughs> there, is a, there is a kind of fantasy rugby thing for it uh, I'm not doing very well because I actually did predict I don't know if you remember but I thought Edinburgh and Glasgow would really push on this year and do well but it's just not started very well for them sadly I mean it might it might come uh, at the as the season goes on, and COVID's obviously affected them in regards to, you know, pre-season and things like that. So maybe mm. it's just they're, they're taking a wee while to get the burners going, but it's not started off too well for our Pro 14 sides this year. But uh, hopefully as the season progresses, they get better. Yeah, so um, you're listening to the number one sports show, The Locker Room. Me, Mike McCune and Matthew Lingard here every Friday night between six and seven and Scotland's in a championship way. Um, Scotland! Scotland, <laughs> yeah. You're listening yet. Um, and you can email us in anytime you like at um, IndieLive. Uh, no, sorry, wrong email address. It is the locker room IndieLive at gmail.com and you can send us a nice email if you want or not a nice email I don't know um, you can... I thought it was I thought it was Matt and Michael at euro2020.com ah see yeah <laughs> I, yeah that's an idea yeah and um, you can if you have missed your missed the number one show this week how dare you? Uh, but you can listen to the show again. It's on every Tuesday between 11 in the morning and 12. Or you can download it as a podcast. It will be available on the YouTube channel from tomorrow night here on Indie Live Regals. Keep it here um, on Indie Live Regal. We've got some fab programs coming out up. Coming up, sorry, uh, get my teeth in the right way uh, tomorrow night and over the weekend. And did, we'll be... did you lose them last night, Michael? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I actually uh, stole them off. No, no, but no, I can't say that. Um, but yeah, stole them off. Yeah, um, yeah. So you can email us in. Uh, your, what's your opinion on the up and coming Scotland games? We would love to hear from you. Um, or else you can email us or you can post a message on our Facebook page. Uh, just look for the locker room on Facebook as well. So that's all for us this week. Scotland, yeah. Um, I think Scotland's qualified yet. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm just checking. Yeah, they have. Um, they won a penalty show. I don't know if you heard. Um, but uh, yeah, so have a good week. And Matthew's away to lie down in the dark, dark and grim now. And we'll, <laughs> we'll be back next week here on Indie Live Radio. Cheers, guys. <laughs>